this is Leah, and welcome to this week's Hashtag 4 Paris podcast. It is wonderful that you could join us for this week's teaching. I'll explain a little bit more about who we are at the end, but for now, let's jump right in. Today, as we continue our series called Navigating Life, Making Good Decisions, I want to focus on the importance of forgiveness. Now, I'm I'm sure for all of us, uh, regardless of who you are, regardless of how old you are, regardless even about what you believe about God, you probably will land at the place of recognizing the importance of forgiveness. But at the same time, you probably recognize that, that forgiveness is not easy. That it's not always easy to get past the hurt, to get beyond the anger, to to not allow bitterness to begin to occupy our soul. And so today, I don't want to simply just talk about why forgiveness is important because you're, you're probably already there, but rather begin to get real practical to understand, okay, what does forgiveness begin to look like? What forgiveness isn't? And then one step that regardless of who you are, you can take today to help you to step on the journey of forgiveness. This this whole summer, we are coming back to this theme of how to make good decisions. We all make decisions in life, some quickly, some with lots of thought, some with major consequences. But have you ever considered that perhaps one of the best decisions, one of the most important decisions is to choose to be a person who forgives. It's a series that week by week, we continue to come back to a a section in the Bible in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, written thousands of years ago, primarily by an individual named King Solomon, one of the wisest to ever live. And it's, it's the words of Solomon that again draws back over and over again this theme of how do we make good decisions. And, and the underlying message is this. In the midst of our decisions, are we being mindful of God? It always takes me back to this incredible promise that, that Jesus gives to us. It's, it's found in John chapter 10 if you want to go find it. It's this promise where Jesus says, I have come so that you may have the abundant life. And so week by week, in many ways, we are unpacking what does this abundant life look like? What does it look like to navigate life, making good decisions, focusing upon God? And so today, we come back to the importance of forgiveness. As I I think about forgiveness, I I, I realize that, that forgiveness is good, but it's not always easy. So to kind of set the tone of our conversation, I, I want to turn to Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And, and this is one of the passages that I probably share with people on a fairly regular basis, particularly when they are struggling with forgiving others. This is what Solomon says. He says, above all else, guard your hearts, for it is the wellspring of of life. I decided to just leave it at one verse because there is so much for us here to, to jump into. Solomon says, above all else, and for me, it's, it's, it's the reality that there are many things that we can do. There are many good things that we can do, but above everything else, one of the things that we need to be locked in on is guarding 
our hearts. Because it's, it's, it's out of our hearts that, that life truly begins for us. It's, it's out of our hearts that it impacts our relationships with others. It can impact our decisions that we make. It can impact our relationship with God. So as I reflect upon this, above all else, guard your hearts. What are, what are some of the things that you think of when it comes to protecting your heart? To, to not allow the, the, the damage that can begin to occur. You know, if you're in person, I'd begin to ask questions and say, okay, what, what would it be like? What do you want to guard your heart against? But considering that we don't both want to just sit here in silence for the next couple of moments, I'm just going to jump right in. Did bitterness make your list? I mean, there's so many things that, that we can guard our hearts against. But, but when I think of forgiveness, I realize that that is a step that we need to take if we want to guard our hearts from bitterness. If, if I was to define bitterness, bitterness is in many ways the infection of the soul. If, if I can give a bit of an illustration, uh, uh, imagine you, you cut yourself, that there is the initial wound. It may hurt, it may cause damage to a particular part of your body, but, but we all know that the bigger concern is to begin to treat the wound. Because if you don't treat the wound, then infection will begin to set in. It'll get nasty, it'll start to pus, it'll start to ooze, and in real deadly circumstances, there can even be a poison. And it's because the initial wound was not taken care of that infection has set in. And suddenly the infection begins to harm not only the one particular place on your body, but it begins to take over and impact everything else. Hopefully that's helpful for you. Because for me, that's how I consider bitterness. It's the infection that begins to take root in our lives as a result of a previous hurt. Maybe you've been there. Maybe someone has done something to you. Maybe someone has hurt you. Maybe someone has spoken wrongly of you. Maybe someone has failed to do what you had asked them to do. And although initially there was that hurt, because you didn't deal with it appropriately, bitterness began to set in. Bitterness begins to take root and almost rot your body. You, you see, bitterness is, 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 that, is that combination of, of all these other emotions that if not dealt with properly, can truly begin to cause even greater damage than the initial hurt. So when I think of these words of above all else, guard your heart. For me, I come back to the necessity of rooting out bitterness in the midst of life. And that's where forgiveness comes in. As a pastor, people come to me in, in a variety of places, often asking for, for advice or, or, or conversation or, or just help in different areas. And I would say the number one area that people come to me with struggles, with difficulties, is around this reality of forgiveness. And listen, I get it. 
You know, you know, forgiveness is a wonderful thing until you have someone to forgive. And so I want to get real practical. Begin to look and understand, okay, what is forgiveness? What isn't forgiveness? And how can we begin to move forward? There's this amazing conversation that, that Peter initiates with Jesus. It's, it, it's found in, in Matthew chapter 18, and it's actually around the whole theme of forgiveness. Now, if you're familiar with Peter, Peter is, is, is one of the, the, the leads of the disciples. He's always the one who's out in front, always the one, you know, um, giving answers, even if they're not always right, wanting to ask questions. And, and on one particular instance, Peter comes to Jesus and asks him about forgiveness. And it must not have been just out of the blue. Clearly, Peter, along with others, must have been struggling with the importance of forgiveness. But, but Peter asks this, this, this very specific question. He, he doesn't ask the question, you know, should I forgive? Because he's talking to Jesus. He, he knows better than that. He wants to narrow it down to Jesus. Jesus, how often should I forgive my brother or sister when they sin against me? put in a more modern context, when, when someone hurts me, when, when, when someone does something wrong against me, how often should I forgive them? In some ways, I appreciate Peter, because don't you wish there was just a number? That if there was a number and you reached the number, then everything would be okay. And, and Peter actually comes to Jesus with a number. He's like, you know, is it, is it seven? Is, is that enough? Now, this is not just some random number. You see, in Jesus' day, rabbis would teach that you were to forgive someone three times. After the third time, I, I, I don't know what happens next. And so, so Peter's thinking, listen, this is Jesus. He teaches with authority that no one else has. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to up the ante. It can't be three. And so I'm going to throw seven. Like, Jesus, should I forgive those who sin against me like seven times? And look at what Jesus says. He says, not seven, but 70 times seven. Now, 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 for all of you mathematicians out there who can do the quick math, let's not get too caught up in the number. The point that Jesus is making is that forgiveness needs to be constant. It needs to be consistent. It's not like forgiveness is just, I'm going to do it once. I'm going to do it twice. I'm going to maybe do it seven times, but it becomes a reality of life. Why? Because Jesus understands the negative impact that bitterness can have in life. Jesus understands that, that we live in a broken world, that, that one of the unfortunate realities is that people hurt other people. And so forgiveness is not just some mathematical equation. It's not just something I'll do it once or twice and then forget it because there is so much more at stake. And it makes sense, doesn't it? That, that forgiveness is at the heart of God because God values relationships. First and foremost, our relationship with him, but then also our relationships with others. And if we are not people who continually have forgiveness on our minds... Not only are relationships going to be broken, but bitterness is too easily going to take root in our lives. Maybe this is a little personal. Maybe if you're being honest, you step back and, and you realize how bitterness has gotten a little bit too much of your heart. 
Or maybe you're, you're with someone and, and you recognize just how bitterness has in many ways taken over their lives as well. So let's get practical. If forgiveness is so important, then what does it begin to look like? Before we go there, I just want to look at two real important things as to what forgiveness is not. And, and this has been so helpful for me because, because sometimes we think of forgiveness as things it was never meant to be. And so the first thing that it's important for us to understand of what forgiveness is not is just sweeping it under the rug. Maybe you've been there, right? You think, oh, you know what? It's no big deal. It's okay. It didn't really hurt me that much. And, and we try to pretend that the hurt that was impacted and inflicted upon us is no big deal. Well, back to the earlier image of being cut. You, if you get cut on the arm, you don't just kind of look at it and think, ah, it's no big deal. It's just a little bit of blood, just a little bit of infection. It, it's going to kind of take care of it on its own. No, you, you acknowledge the fact that it has hurt. Forgiveness is not just simply looking away and thinking it's no big deal. The second thing that, that forgiveness is not is what I'd refer to as spiritual amnesia. Maybe you've heard the cliche, just forgive and forget. Just, just kind of get over it. You know, you, someone wrongs you and you go to say, hey, don't worry about it. I've forgotten about it already. And let's be honest, we, we can do that in the small areas of life, but, but not in the more significant ones. And maybe you're at a place where you're thinking, why is forgiveness so hard? Like, I'm, I'm trying to forgive, but, but every time I see the person, I just, I just recall the, the hurt that they've caused me, and it comes back over and over and over again. It's again. When you cut your arm and healing begins to take place, there will likely be a scar, there will likely be a mark, but the severity of the hurt begins to lessen over time. You see, forgiveness is not just simply saying, ah, it's no big deal, or don't worry about it, I've already forgotten about it. Forgiveness is an incredible gift. And so, so what is forgiveness? What, what does it begin to look like? The Apostle Paul, one of the great leaders of the early church, when he was speaking to a group of first century Christians, he, he laid out in two verses the importance of forgiveness. And, and it's found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And so I'm just going to read it for us and then, and then help us understand three important things when it comes to forgiveness. This is what Paul says. He says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let me ask you a question. As best you can, when someone hurts you, when someone wrongs you, what is your initial response? Anger? Annoyance? Rage? Avoidance? I love the very first line that, that Paul gives to us when he talks about bitterness, when he talks about rage, when he talks about anger. You see, I don't know about you, but the first response I have when someone wrongs me is not, 
thank God I'm ready to forgive. Forgiveness does, does, just doesn't just kind of bubble up and, and begin to, to take over. It's a place I need to get to. And that's why Paul says, get rid of these things. You see, forgiveness, first of all, is a choice. Forgiveness is not an emotion. And one of the dangers we fall into is thinking, well, when I feel like forgiving, then I will forgive. I mean, I mean, think of little kids. We see it early on in life. When, when one of them wrongs the other, as a parent, as an adult, you have to go to the child and tell them to go and to offer forgiveness because it's not a choice they would make on their own. That's why I love this word, instead. Paul says, get rid of anger, get rid of revenge, get, get rid of slander. Instead, instead, be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness is a gift. It's not something we deserve. It's not something the, the person has earned. It's a choice we make, a commitment we make to the other to offer forgiveness to them. The second thing I think it's important to understand that forgiveness is a process. Another cliche that, that just frustrates me is when people say time heals. That, that's like only partially true. In, in the very same way that if you cut your arm, you don't just simply look at it and think, well, I'll give it a couple days, I'll give it a week, I'll give it a month, and in time it'll heal on its own. No, no, you have to do something in order for the healing to begin to take place. The, the very same thing is true when it comes to forgiveness, that, that it is a process, that, that it's not just simply I'm going to snap my fingers and if you've wronged me, then, then suddenly I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to feel so much better about it, I'm just not going to remember it and, and, and the past is behind us. No, it is a process. You know, back to that conversation that Jesus has with Peter, when, when Jesus says, you know, you must forgive 70 times 7, there's... There's so many ways that we can work this out in life, but, but one of the practical ways I see it is the importance of Jesus acknowledging that forgiveness is a process. That there may be times when, when someone has wronged you and you have to go down the process of forgiving them over and over and over and over again. It's, it's often not just simply a one and done sort of deal. But what I do know this, is that when you begin the process of forgiving, when you make that choice, over time, the hurt begins to lessen. And then the third thing, and this, this perhaps is the most important, particularly when it comes to the reality of just how do we forgive? Because up until this point, it's, it's really been all about us, but Paul nails it when he says, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. This is the heart of the gospel, that everything we do in life is in response to what God has done for us, that, that we forgive because we have been forgiven. 
that this is the reality that we live, that, that we begin to look to Jesus and recognize not only how much we have been forgiven, but how in the very same way we are called to forgive. Listen, I, I really don't want to diminish what you may be going through in your life. Maybe there is something that is just front of mind right now where you have gotten into it with a spouse or one of your kids or another relative and, and you're not even talking to one another and you know the pain that they have caused you. Or, or maybe for some of you, there, there has been a wrong that has gone on years earlier and you have never properly dealt with it. My words to you would be the words of Solomon. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Don't allow bitterness to continue to take hold of you. Begin to step into forgiveness. So how do you do it? Let me suggest one thing. Take it to Jesus. As I, as I think about the reality of when we cut ourselves, when we get seriously hurt in an accident, you don't, you don't just walk away and say, no, 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 I'll take care of it on my own. No, you go to someone who knows how to help you. You go to a hospital. You get seen by a doctor. You have nurses come alongside. And so if we're willing to take care of our physical body that way, why, why not our, our spiritual and emotional well-being as well? Why, why is it when, when, when people hurt us, we just try to deal with it on our own? You know, one of the great images that we were given of Jesus is that he is the great physician. And oftentimes healing begins to occur when we take our hurts first to Jesus. I would say even before you go and, and speak to the person who has hurt you, even when you're trying to make reconciliation, first take it to Jesus. Because he will be the one who will begin to guard your heart. He will be the one who will begin to remove the hurt. He will be the one who will begin to, to lessen your anger. And let me say this, when you go to Jesus, say what's really on your mind. Share with him the hurt that has been caused, the, the, the pain that has been inflicted, the, the anger that you experience. You know, in the Bible, in the book of Psalms, it's, it's basically people's prayers to God. And there's a whole bunch of prayers that are basically anger prayers, where people are angry at others and they bring it to God. And I love it because it shows that we bring what we are dealing with to him first. And so I don't know where you're at, but will you guard your heart from bitterness? Will you take a step in the direction towards forgiveness by taking whatever the hurt may be and bringing it to Jesus and allow him to be able to begin the process of healing your heart and reconciling your relationship with the others? I believe this is one of the most important decisions we can make. It's one of the most important things we need to do if we truly want to navigate life, if we truly want to live that abundant life, is to step into forgiveness so that bitterness will not take hold of you. Let me pray as we conclude. 
And so, Lord Jesus, as we just reflect upon these words of the importance of guarding our hearts because it is the wellspring of life, I, I pray for those that are watching that perhaps this has gotten real personal because they've experienced hurt in their life. There are relationships that have been ruined and, and they don't even necessarily see a way back. May today be a glimmer of hope as they begin to bring their past, to bring their hurt to you, Jesus. And may you bring a sense of healing into their life so that they can begin that next step of restoring that relationship with the other. Jesus, allow us not to hold on to it on our own, but to come to you as our great physician to experience your healing in the midst of brokenness. For we ask this all, Jesus, in your strong, strong name. Amen. And so now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Now may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious towards you. Now may the Lord look to you always and grant you his peace, his love, his forgiveness, today and in all your tomorrows. Amen. today. We hope that you were encouraged by what you just heard. Just so you know a little bit more about who we are, hashtag for Paris, our church is about creating a culture that shows people that we are for them and for our local community. Jesus invites us to experience a meaningful life with him and others. So we meet every Sunday morning in person at the Paris Presbyterian Church at 1030 a.m. and throughout the week in various home groups and pubs here in Paris. It is here that we experience authentic relationships and we grow deep in our faith journeys together. If you would like to connect with us further, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And it is here that you can find links to any of our other audio and video podcasts, sermons, and you can track with what's happening with us each month. Please go straight to our website for more information now about our home groups and how you can get involved. Our website is parispresb.ca. Yes, that's right, parispresb, P-R-E-S-B dot C-A. And it's there that you can share our links with your friends, family, and neighbors. Uh, we have friends from around the world who connect in with us online on a regular basis. And so lastly, please feel free to email me and get connected directly. I would love to chat with you. My email is leah at parispres.ca, and I'll get back, right back to you. So that's all we have for now. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you again next week. Bye for now, everyone.